You're now listening to the Where's My 40 Acres podcast, baby, with your host, Phenom Black, Miss Music Lover, Twan Burgundy, and Silent X. This podcast ain't free. Well, maybe it is, but you better listen, niggas. What? Do they even use those things anymore? You know, the pizza savers that the little plastic three prong ring that used to be in the center of the pizza. Like if you ordered pizza from like Pizza Hut or whatever. Yeah, to keep it from like working and stuff like that. Do they still even do those? Do what? Mm-hmm. Do they still do what? Those pizza rings, those little plastic rings. The that they put in the middle of the these put in the middle of pizza so the box, like the box. Um, didn't sag in and didn't crush the pizza. Oh, I thought they were just little tables for you to play with. That's what people are talking about. That's what <laughs> I, that's they what I have a use. <laughs> I did not think they served any purpose but to be a they playful little table. It turned thirty four today, and people are saying like all the things they used to use with it. And one person said. When I was little, I used to wash them and, and use them for tables for my Barbie doll. <laughs> I mean, it's three-legged table. It's perfect. I just realized this is what keeps the pizza from moving around in the box and not a table for my Avenger action figures to sit around and pretend to eat pizza. <laughs> Again, we all do this. <laughs> Another person said, I used to cut these in half, tape them back together and use them as weapons for my WWE action figures to put one another through a table quote unquote <laughs> this is great <laughs> I was like I haven't seen those things in the world in a long time one person said that he played a prank on his friend telling them if they saved several of them they would receive a free pizza <laughs> Someone said, I always thought that this was to help you cut into equal size slices like a pizza version of a protractor. No, that's putting way too much thought into it. That's just being extra. (laughs) What was the action point of these? My parents used to clean them after we were done with the pizza and stick them into unused plug sockets to stop us electrocuting ourselves. And if that's not the most first-generation immigrant thing you've ever heard, I don't know what is. First of all, I didn't think they could fit in an electrical slot. Me either, like... Of all the things that you would want to show your kid what you're doing, you want to show them that you're taking stuff out of pizza boxes and sticking it in the wall, I feel like that's the opposite of trying to teach them not to mess with sockets. A greasy... Right. <laughs> wow. Mindset of a young nigga with idle time. They say a devil's workshop is an idle mind. It's hip hop infiltrated by wicked built industry. I'm here representing for the underground. Independence, Fifth Amendment, freedom of speech. The revolution is pending. But it's cool cause you see we on a mission Television off, this a viral petition Man, and I hope you pay attention The WM48, we keep it real
What is good, everybody? You are listening to the Where's My 40 Acres podcast, and this is Phenom Black. I'm here with this music lover, Twan Burgundy. Mike is working. He's probably doing a show or something, running them lines, mixing them boards. So we'll hear from him next episode, hopefully. But he's been on all of the reviews in the last podcast episode. So yeah, Mike's just being famous. That's all. Yeah, it's been a lot of Mike in 2019. That's good. Mm-hmm. And tonight is another. So, Deidre, you picked the last two Nostalgics reviews we did. So let me get this info out. So for people who don't know, and maybe this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. We talk hip-hop, music, events, stuff like that constantly. We just stay on top of it once a week. We do this podcast. But if you upgrade to premium, you get a bit more ratchet and a bit more messy podcasting. And that's where we started to do stuff like Nostalgics and we watch ratchets and say yes to the deaths. There's some crappy killer drinking episodes up there. We was eating cheese and pepperoni and drinking beers. So it's a whole lot of extra episodes on the premium network. At the moment right now, if you upgrade to premium, it's over 200 episodes that you get extra. That's a, that's a year. That's three years of backlog that you're getting from doing that. And all of it's different from anything that you're going to hear on here. But with our ratchetness still in tune with it. And it's two package prices for that. It's the monthly one where your first month is five bucks for you to test it out. And then every month after that, it's a smooth 10 bucks, which ain't nothing for what you're getting. You're getting a whole lot for 10 bucks. Like it's not a whole lot of podcasts doing this like this. So plus we've been doing it longer, so we know how to do it better. Oh, the other (laughs) thing you can do is you can go ahead and just sign up for a full year. That gives you 100 episodes listened to a month, which unless you are a super podcast addict, you will not be able to do. You'll never go through 100 episodes in one month. That's just insane. I'm sorry. Like, that's ain't enough time in the day, dog. Like, you need to go do something with your life. I love that you love us, but not that much. That's kind of ear stalkerish. But you get 100 episodes. Um, it's $99 for the whole year, which if you do the calculations, that's two months that you're getting for free. And with that, you're going to get everything. You're going to get all these new hoodable episodes that we've been putting out, which are just ratchet readings, pure negligence. You'll definitely enjoy that. And you'll get all the other podcast episodes that we do for movies and TV shows, Bluetooth reviews, et cetera, stuff like that. On top of that, you still have the weekly podcast and you get album reviews every other week, two at a time, sometimes three. The last two we did were James Blake's Assumed Form and J.I.D.'s DiCaprio 2. And those are available right now. The two nostalgics that'll be dropping this week is Missy Elliott's So Addictive and 3-6 Mafia's When Smoke Clears, 61-69, I believe is it? Proverbs, yes. 69 <laughs> Yeah, When the Smoke Clears by 3-6. Right. <laughs> So you'll get all of that whenever I edit them and put them up. They'll be out this week. So don't worry about it. Don't rush it. And you'll get, still get this episode. This has been a full week of podcasting. Uh, shout out to everybody who got a R. Kelly is Trash t-shirt. I've seen people posting pictures. That was dope. Thank mm-hmm. y'all for the support. We should be getting the um, funds in. Like I said, it wasn't a whole lot. We didn't make any money off of these shirts. We were getting like $2 a shirt. So I think all in all, with the amount that we sold, I'm going to go ahead and add to that whatever donation we push the money to. And that's what's going to do it. That's what's going to happen with that money. So that's not going to go back into any of our funds. That's going right back out to help a community of whoever needs it. 
So appreciate boom, boom, boom. Yep, appreciate everybody who contributed to that because they those people are getting that money because of y'all. Mm-hmm. And there's other stuff. Make sure you still go buy shirts for yourself just to buy them. There's the triple Ant Andre shirt. Um, I'm I'm <laughs> glad to see people are purchasing that. I need to give me one of that on white. I think that shirt would look amazing on long sleeve white. So I'm gonna go ahead and cut one of them. I'm so horrible with white shirts. I ordered, um, and this is the crazy, the craziest part too. It's not like I can get my own shirts for free. I have to pay for them too. And I ordered one of those R. Kelly shirts. Well, I ordered two and a hoodie. And mm-hmm. I ordered it the same day that everybody else did. So like January 28th or something like mm-hmm. that, right? Um, I started seeing people get theirs like week before last. And when I checked the shipping information, the shirts are coming from Florida to Maryland. So I'm like, that's like four days. A week at the most. So I should have had my shirt by like February 3rd or something. It is February 13th. I do not have this shit. (laughs) Everybody else got theirs though. What kind of foolishness? So this is Did they give you a tracking information? Yep. So this is what happened. Um, I ordered the shirts on January 28th. On February 3rd, they ended up in Colorado. Now I don't know if some of y'all saw a post that I made on Facebook where I was like my package is supposed to arrive today. It's in Colorado, but United States Postal Service just told me that they're going to put it out for delivery to my house today. So I'm not sure how that's going to work, but magic happens. Maybe Amazon is droid delivering it or something. I don't know. Uh, either way, it did not arrive. It is still in Colorado. January 8th, I bought it. February 3rd, it was in Colorado. It went from Florida to Colorado. And then February 11th, it was still in Colorado. And check today. It has moved. It is now in Denver, Colorado. (laughs) I'm never getting getting them shirts. So. I, I contacted, so I contacted T Public on February third, and I was like, like February fifth or something like that, and I was like, hey, hey, <laughs> my stuff. I'm just, I'm just curious that why my stuff that was supposed to be coming from Florida, that y'all have on the shipping, came from coming from Florida to Maryland, is in, you know, uh, Springs, whatever, Colorado, and they were like, oh, that's a mistake. Uh, looks like DHL did some crazy shit. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to refund you your shipping and you should get it soon. So just let us know if you don't get it by like next week. Next week came. I sent them a nice little email. Said, hey, it's the 11th. Guess what didn't come? That package. Guess where it is? Where it was last week. Just sitting there. So they were like, oh, we're really sorry. So we're going to go ahead and just ship. We're going to like ship as quick as possible now the same order so they just redid my order hopefully i'll have it by this weekend or maybe just maybe you know end back up in colorado and we can do this all over again (laughs) we can play past the package Mm. wow i just don't even understand like when colorado got it where they like nah we're not sending this back i just 
Was I mean, is this going on a world tour? Like, I don't understand. It's been more places than I've been this year. So, I hope it's having fun. Because by the time I get it, hoodie season will be over. Dang. I'll be wearing that shit in the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why everybody is worn, like, three, four times. Oh, I get to watch all of y'all put on y'all R. Kelly shirts. Me, I'm over here R. Kelly shirtless. <laughs> Which, in most situations, you want to be R. Kelly shirtless, because fuck him. But when it has he's trash on it, I definitely want to rock it. And when Jose did the design, I definitely want to rock it. Shout out to Jose, mm-hmm. he did a design. That's probably what happened. They saw Jose's design when they was trying, they thought it was beer in it, and they opened it, and then they saw Jose's design, and they decided to keep it, even though it wasn't beer. <laughs> Because if it had been beer, they would have just drank the can and then put it back in there and zipped everything back up and then sent it to me. Oh, kind of like how when I was sending somebody, I can't remember, and I had to go through customs and they ate, literally just ate the stuff and gave it to them. You, you know, I hope in a situation like that where they eat your fucking package, that they were just that starving. Like it was a more, like they were morally obligated to keep themselves from dying because not eating your food would have been committing suicide. But you know, they still take a risk, but I'm pretty sure it was just a fat nigga in the back who went, Ooh, snacks. Mm-hmm, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. Might as well eat all of them. Somebody sent me snacks, but they got somebody else's name on them. <laughs> oh, well, everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> oh boy. Right. So where currently is your shirt? <laughs> Which one? Because I haven't received the shipping information for the ones that they ship in quick as hell. Dang. So I'm hoping that they get here before they had a chance to even get me the shipping information because that's fast shipping. You ever had that happen? Like Amazon is like overnight mm-hmm. some shit to you and you get the package before you get the shipping confirmation? Mm. <laughs> uh, um, no, but Oh, it happens sure. all the time. You gotta get this prime life. It happens to me all the time. Uh, I have prime life. Mm. Uh, I've never. It's never been. It's been fast, but not that fast. Here's the question: Are you in a prime location? <laughs> in a prime, uh, well, you, you talking about like prime now and all that stuff? Or you get the shit instantly? No, sir. I just no. That's just how they. That's just how fast they be shipping my shit. I be um, ordering shit on Saturday and get the Sunday email morning. confirmation. Twan, I have ordered something from Amazon like early in the morning. And got in there at eight o'clock that night. I feel you, but I mean, I thought I my, not my prime email, now, just normal no, prime. No, normal my, my prime. email confirmation be coming like right after I put the order in. Right, that's what I'm saying. Um, Listen, no. I'll, I'll get I the, put the order in, and then like boop boop. No, hey man, I'll get the I'll get the we, we are preparing. <laughs> I'll get the we are preparing your shipment email, and then when I get the tracking over, the package will be outside. So it don't even make mm. no sense for me to check. I mean, I am in Atlanta, so it's not like I'm not in a prime location. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's never been like that. Unless it's been prime now where, you know, it's coming in two hours. Maybe it was at a warehouse down the street and they just primed out it for me. But It might have been. Yeah. I remember one time. Still on, dope. I remember one time on So, I had brought, somebody was selling their whole CD collection. Oh, for So, for people who don't know, schoolofhiphop.com used to be a forum and a site. Uh, probably still is, but I think it's called something else. I'm sure. Oh, I think it's the Coliseum or the Collie or whatever they 
Yeah. When it got um yeah, like I think when it got hacked by 4chan. I think they changed it to the college. You know, there's a lot of people that was on so and still don't know what so means. I know. Niggas. But um somebody was selling a whole CD collection and they were selling all of their Tribe Called Quest albums for like 10 bucks. Like all what? of them. What? Yeah, all of them. Every Tribe album in pristine condition for 10 bucks. And I say, yeah, I want that. Here you go. Just let me know where to pay. And I think that was the first time I used like online payment, like a PayPal. Because this was way mm-hmm. back. And I PayPal that shit to him. And this conversation happened at like seven in the morning. I lie to you not. When I got home at like five o'clock at night, them shits was at my door. Damn. So. That's fast. Cause I've, I've ordered, I've ordered stuff that's come from another area of Atlanta. It hasn't come that fast. Like I ordered some sneakers cause I wanted some new sneakers um for christmas well after christmas and um they were just like some 45 dollar nikes and the shipping um my brother's like oh you know it was from finish line he's like oh finish line always ships really fast like literally he's you know gotten stuff in two days and i was like oh okay and um i the ship they ship out of gainesville which is literally like probably no more than 30 minutes if that for me mm-hmm. and i still think it took it took a day and even then i was like but you're just down the street <laughs> which is funny because like uh the dude who shipped it to me i don't know if he was in baltimore but i know he was in maryland mm-hmm. right i just didn't even but like he had to have gotten it to the shipping office like before nine or eight for mm-hmm. him to be able to get on the truck and then get delivered to my location. I don't know what he did. Maybe he just drove it to my house and dropped it off, which is even scarier because I didn't tell that nigga where I lived. <laughs> That's wild. He was serious about getting rid of them shits too. He took a package of them. He took a picture of them after he packaged them up and emailed it to me. He's like, oh, the man- now. so you know, like, I'm not bullshitting you getting these. Right. Dang. Yeah, he wasn't playing. I even remember what game I was playing when I opened them and started listening to them. I was playing this game on a PlayStation 3 called Resistance. The first one. Resistance. Yeah, it's uh it's like what is this? It's, it's where he's like being consumed by like alien force, but he's also going crazy trying to kill all the aliens. That are, oh like, man, Resistance. I can't I don't know why I can't think of it right now. I know I played the game. Yeah. Resistance was old. I mean, the first one was really yeah. good. The second one was uh I just know I played it now. Like when you said it now, I wanna like I'm trying to see so I can Grizzly right. ball headed dudes, Jason Statham looking German guy. Is it called a resistance? Yeah, it's called resistance. It's just been that long. I still have resistance. It's in here somewhere. I got all my PS games. It's in here somewhere. Yeah, I got them on too. Oh yeah, Resistance Fallen Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Man, it was back in two thousand six. Was Re- was Resistance Respawn? Mm, Insomniac. It was Insom. It was Insomniac. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that was like an early PlayStation Three game. Oh yeah, that was one of the first ones that came out. 
because I had brought, I went to a pawn shop and I had picked up Resistance and Uncharted for like $10. Yeah, I think that was their, they're trying to tap into like Gears of War type thing. With it the Xbox had Gears of War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's pretty much what happened with my packages. And that was a, a better package experience that I had. Those CDs did not end up in Colorado. Colorado Springs, Colorado, or whatever. So, yeah, if you plan on sending something to us, don't use DHL. Because I don't know what the hell that stands for, but it doesn't stand for getting to your shit on time. <laughs> that was a whole experience within itself. All right, man. So, if there's any other information you need, you can contact us at wheresmy40x.com or you can call and leave a voicemail. 443-832-3494 If you're watching this on Twitch, shout out I'm gonna start streaming some stuff from this game See how this goes While we're doing this pod Alright man, Deidre pretty much I think tonight's episode isn't gonna be super long Since we started super late We'll just go ahead and Spend, focus a whole Significant amount of our time On this James Brown three part series Good God This docu-read series Oh, it's just, um, so I think I got the notification last week. It just kind of, you know, like you get your alerts on your phone, um, for certain apps or whatever. So I have one for CNN and it's supposed to be, you know, I guess breaking news, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of times I don't, I'll like glance at it and then just kind of, you know, clear it out. Cause nine times it's about fuck ass Trump in all his fuckery but this one it was just it kind of because it said james brown and um had something in regards to um i think the the tagline which is actually the the first beginning of this it's a three-parter um said she she says james brown raped her she also says someone murdered him others share um, Jackie Hollander's suspicions 12 years after Brown's death, nearly a dozen people who knew them are calling for an autopsy or a criminal investigation. So um, I clicked that and I didn't realize it was, like I said, it was a three-parter and a long three-parter. <laughs> and um, that was when I started reading it and I was like, holy shit balls. Um, James Brown um, and they kind of referenced they talk about it, and I guess we'll probably talk about it too. Like, you know, I, of course, everybody knows him. You know, musically, you know, legend, all that good stuff. You know, I've also heard from, um, you know, like, you know, my my dad, and just you know, news and bio, you know, autobiographies, books, whatever. That you know, he had a very violent side. Um, that he was you know, known for, you know, being beaten women, um, you know, especially, you know, with his wives, he had four wives. Uh, at one point he was dating um, Tammy Terrell. And I know, you know, she, he used to beat her up, you know, push her down the stairs. Um, they referenced it in this article, um, hit her with a hammer. You know, I remember Tammy Terrell's sister, um, reference one time that you know he got mad at her and sodomized her with an umbrella like his violence was disgusting like absolutely disgusting and um but 
as far as for like the other side of the, you know, with him, as far as for the people that he was dealing with, his like accountants, his pretty much quote unquote inner circle and the drug use that he was doing, especially at his age. And just even the fact of people around him was being murdered, then ended up, you know, um, or miraculously being killed and nobody doesn't know what happened to them per se. And then with him, like, you know, I I remember when he died, I remember on Christmas day when they said he passed away. And, um, and I remember they said it was, you know, um, he pretty much had fluid in his lungs. I remember all of that stuff, but just all the background on this, as far as for that, he could have been um, drugged and murdered, you know, it's just crazy. Um, so the person that, um, did this, um, definitely was very good because he has all the receipts (laughs) of anything that he, every, every text message, he has all the receipts for a lot of the speculations of the stuff that he, um, talks about. And it's a lot, like I had to read it twice. Mm. Um, cause I, I mean, I like, you know, stuff like this. So um, I definitely read it twice because some things I kind of brushed off. And then when I reread it, I was like, oh, I don't, I can't, I didn't remember that the first time. But I guess, um, what did you guys think? Like, I guess, how much did you know about James Brown prior to reading it? And what did you think about everything after you read it? I mean, so I can go ahead. I'll, I'll tell you after. I mean, I knew nothing of this. I mean, from the fact of, what is it called? can't think of what it's called now. What, what, that, I didn't really before? follow James Brown like like that when I was young. Like, my, my parents didn't have, like, you know, I mean, I knew of James Brown, but, like, it wasn't like my parents, like, really followed him and we really had that stuff up there. So I just knew James Brown was his figure and stuff like that. And then I think it wasn't until we got on this podcast, really, because I just didn't really think about it. And you started talking about all the crazy shit that he did. That's when I started, look, you know, looking up some more stuff. And I was like, yo, this nigga was wild. Especially when it came to the women and all that stuff. And when you first talked about, oh, James got killed by somebody. You know, I thought about all the little assassination, little plots that people be talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like everybody, like everybody be, you know, especially with black people, man. Black people, nobody dies with natural causes for black folks. Everybody is is the government, CIA, everybody. You know, everybody kills somebody. <laughs> you know, so that's what I was thinking. But then when you start going through it, you like, you know what? This they might be right though. <laughs> this might have happened. Yeah. So like you just start like you like you like you try. You come in there. I can't be real skeptical, and then I left with like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> just like that's all I could come up with. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was so wild. One is what I mean, that's that's not this is not crazy because this happens all the time. But the amount of shit that if you make music, the amount of shit that we will leave out or we won't talk about you doing is mm-hmm. is cause cause like just looking up James Brown, this stuff isn't new. 
I mean, I mean, I, I knew, but it was it wasn't like hidden. It was known. Right. Everybody knew what he did to these women. Everybody knew. Mm-hmm. And yep. they were still like, you know what I mean? Like, this dude is the greatest person ever. Even when he got older, like, I don't, even when he got older, I don't remember really people being like critical Mm-mm. of it. You know what I mean? James Brown was always, look at James Brown. Can't really talk straight. You look at him. Man. Still can dance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, still can dance. Dancing with Michael and everything. You know what I mean? He helped Michael. Learn his stuff. <laughs> now look at him. Now he did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody, you know, like so, like that. That was already weird, but yeah, man. Now, the, then they're still talking about like people around here were dying and stuff like that. Like that was crazy. Yeah, like, I, I was like, that was like okay. Uh, <laughs> it's like. You know, maybe when when James was doing them drugs, he do a lot of stuff bad. Like he was, there was a reason for it. Yeah, yeah. Brandon, what did you? What about you? So, I mean, I, I always enter into this stuff, enter into this stuff skeptical. I'm looking at it and I'm seeing it is three parts, and each part seems to be a different focus. And then I see the picture of the person that, you know, gave him all of this information. And the first thing I think about her is, one, she's part of a traveling circus. And two, he starts talking about that she didn't kept information. Like, not only did she keep the audio recording of something, but she also kept the sheet of paper that he signed it and pinned with at the time of the audio recording in 1975 in October on a windy Sunday. Like, I'm listening and my first thought is, okay, she's a hoarder. Like, she's a through and through hoarder and she might still be i still kind of think she is a hoarder but i also think that she hoarded a lot of information so mm-hmm. you know we don't know how many murders we might be able to solve if we start turning into tlc's hoarders and just going through those people's houses well you know <laughs> what type of documents do you have because maybe you have a confession up in, in this house somewhere buried under them dead cats i don't know <laughs> and i like that the that the uh the person um, who did this article made sure to say that was it named Thomas Lake made sure to paint the great picture of when you see her and you first like you think she's crazy like you're absolutely skeptical first off gate when she starts talking. <laughs> I mean, can I keep it one hundred? I still think she's crazy. I think the fact oh, that she, she is the fact that she walks up to people and tells them that she knows she sounds crazy leads me to believe. It's not like I've seen aliens. I know I sound crazy or it's everybody around James Brown was an assassin. I know I sound crazy. And I like, I get that she's saying that. I also still think she's borderline crazy because some of the comments that she made didn't make any fucking sense. And I'm kind of looking at everybody who was around James Brown or involved with him in any way that didn't need to be there. That was stuck around. They all crazy too. Like his best friends and shit and all these people that speak highly of him. They crazy as fuck too. I don't trust. Oh, anybody. like his friend that kept the vial of blood. Yeah, Andre White or whatever. I don't. Mm-hmm. That motherfucker's crazy. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna need y'all to never keep a vial of blood of mine. That's, no. Uh, no, no, not unless we trying to bring you back once we find a magical jewel or some shit. I don't know what else. We oh, it was man. weird because like even with that, like like nobody. It's like if you're gonna get blood, you're gonna go through those great lengths to do that, like. You're not going to get it tested, but he's like dead set on he wants the only the police to you know do like 
you know, DNA or whatever else testing they need to do to. And I'm like, why wouldn't you just go ahead and turn that in if you only want the police in it anyway? And if you think the police are corrupt, like what? Who are you waiting on? But the nurse actually gave him the blood, which is even crazier that somebody could ask for a dead man's blood. And well, the nurse would be like, here you go. That whole scenario of him being at Emory and him being, you know, the whole thing about he being drugged and all that stuff, that I can believe that, especially at that time, you know, um, especially if you're up, because it sounds like he was about to get discharged. So he was probably up in med surge. He was, you know, it's not like you're in the ED where it's constantly people like, you know, moving around and they're very, very limited on who can be in the room. Whereas with Ned Surge, especially if you, you know, about to be discharged, they just kept him for a couple days because the doctor even said that like technically he could have left, you know, at a particular point, but they wanted to to pretty much monitor him. And I'm sure it's mainly too, because, you know, his age and, um, but you know, you can go up there and especially at night where it's definitely lax, you know, anybody can walk in and out those rooms, unfortunately, you know, it's not like, um, you know, all you got to do is say, oh, I'm with such and such in nine times a 10, they'll probably let you in. Yeah. VIP I, or just, not. I get that. But the fact that you can ask a nurse for somebody's blood and they give you a vial. That too yep. is like, yo, they, okay. Listen, is uh, me working with, with, me working in healthcare, I'm not surprised. Mm. Unfortunately, is, I'm not surprised. I'm trying to get on a better physical, like physical schedule, you know, two times a year, but this is not helping that. I feel <laughs> like I can just check myself out and not lose my blood to somebody else. Some type of witch <laughs> sacrifice or some shit, but there, there's not that. Surprised. And, I am blown that you read this twice because one, it is long as fuck. Every part is long as shit. You know how you know how long it is? It took me Oh I know. Yeah, it's long. It took me three hours to listen to it. Now ask me how I listened to it. How'd you listen to it, sir? I went to fucking Google Apps and downloaded a text to speech like I'm blind. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I started reading it and I was like, I cannot read all this. It's too much. Like I would need a couple weeks to read this. Cause I don't like fucking reading. I get bored oh, after see, a while like and I check read. out. So I went to, I was like, let me get a text to speech app so I can put this shit on like a podcast and listen in the cars I drive. So I got through the first part when I drove home, got through the second part when I was out doing some shopping. And then the third part, I just sat on the couch and listened to it. So the third part, I'm a little iffy on, I went back and I actually read the questions, but I felt like some of this was a bit overly long winded. Especially with the questions part. I didn't need him to reiterate everything that he had just explained to us over again in mm-hmm. the first two parts. I thought that was a bit much. Like he told Jack, he told Jackie's story a lot. He kept telling it. And I was like, bro, I know her story at this point. You told it seven times. Right. Every time he started talking about her, he felt like he needed to start it over again. I also, I got it. I'm not like a literary physician or anything like that. Like I'm not, like I said, I don't like reading like that. But there were definitely parts in this piece where I was like, I don't know, is this considered like well-written journalism or just full of well, well-layered information? Because there was a part where he included, it was, it was Lamar, uh, his son-in-law, I guess, that died. 
like the mm-hmm. I was the son-in-law. That was one of the the daughters who he didn't want to give um, his. You know, when he died, he didn't want he didn't want them to have anything. Right. Well, in in a random in a rand in one of the first paragraphs, he randomly just put that that guy died, but that whole paragraph is talking about somebody else. And then in, in it, he just goes, and Lamar died. I was like, wait, who is Lamar again? And then I had to go back and read the first paragraph. I was like, oh, that's Lamar. Well, that's a bit weird that you would spend this whole paragraph talking about somebody else and fleshing out mm-hmm. their story. And then at the input, and Lamar died. Mm, yeah. So some of the writing kind of threw me off. Even listening to it in text to speech, I was like, there's a bit of rambling going on here. And as a journalist, like you definitely, I can understand how difficult it would be to add some type of cohesiveness to this this woman's story that spans damn near forty years. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I like reading, so me rereading this was not like a stretch for me at all, especially because it's so much, and sometimes if you read so much, you kind of bypass a lot of stuff mm-hmm. because you. You're trying to read it for the first time, and it's a lot of information to to take in. So, um, yeah, rereading this was not that bad for me. But, um, yeah, I think because I don't even think it was like I think it was because it was so much stuff, and I think especially because he had um, like proof, like layering of proof and stuff. I think that's what made it more of a a, a good thing to read versus like him just kind of like saying stuff like if she just kind of was talking and he didn't have like things to back it up with like I would probably be like oh she crazy like this I'm sure some of the stuff happened like unfortunately her being raped by him that was nothing that I would be like oh I don't believe that at all because he's just you know that's how he was he was wild as fuck you know but um I think the whole murder thing and then especially the inner workings of like his attorney he had you know all these managers and all that stuff which unfortunately is something that you hear about a lot of times with a lot of people especially if they don't at that time you don't really know you know the industry they put a whole bunch of people around you some people are just there to really take your money and they say like oh i have this position because i'm supposed to be helping you when in fact i'm not like the accountant you know, he ended up going to jail. I think he ended up dying, but they, um, he went to jail cause he was embezzling that, you know, James Brown's money. And I remember they even said at one point he made in touring like $5 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and he only saw like 150,000 of that. Yeah. They said that's how much they were just taking out his pocket. They old boy was skimming he had skimmed somewhere to the point of like eight million dollars off the top mm-hmm. when the feds went back and looked through it but like with this it's hard to just talk out a sequence we we really should start from the beginning of this and just go through it because it's enough here to carry it <laughs> jumping all around is not going to give people any idea of how this story goes according to jack or, or and, uh, and i i honestly think like even after we talk about this they still need to read it because it is still a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, just treat treat us like a, a Spark Notes, or a, <laughs> or, or, or or a fifth grade reports explanation of this because you would need like this. This could be a thesis. Mm-hmm. So def definitely, but um, I guess we start from the beginning. 
And the woman's name is Jackie, right? Yes, Jackie. Um, Hollander. Hollander. So she met James mm-hmm. Brown in what, 85? I think it was. Yeah, around that time. And she was saying at that point she was um, super young. She was married. Um, and I think at that, uh, I think she had kids or I whatever. I think she was. Can't remember, but I know she was married at that point. She had her own. Um, well, the husband was a keyboardist for a rock band, and she was a, a songwriter. And she wanted to um, write this, write and record this song celebrating the, the Falcons. Right. And she said the proceeds would go to, um, I don't know if it was leukemia. I think it was leukemia. Um, so oh, she was 30. I, I had to yeah, wait. Yeah, she, so she was 30 at that time. And um, at that point, she wrote a song called the song that she ended up writing was Atlanta Be Rockin' and um, the Falcon. I think they she submitted to the Falcons. The Falcons didn't want um, Millsap. Yeah, to same. sing it. They wanted James Brown to sing it. And that's when she called up uh, his James Brown attorney, Buddy Dallas. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how initially she met him because they arranged a recording session and um, then that's when she started talking like how he was late and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He was a bunch of hours late and his manager who's, what was his manager's name again? It wasn't Dallas. Was it? Oh, there's so many. That was another thing. It's It's so many people. He had so many of them. Um, Was the manager Dallas? Buddy Dallas was, yeah. I think he was like the main yeah, person. Yeah, the main he was uh, like a, handler. Yeah, Buddy Dallas was his main person. Like, he, Buddy Dallas was with him since the beginning. Look, I don't trust nobody named Buddy. All right, Buddy Threadgood, <laughs> Buddy Love, Buddy Dallas. But, I don't trust Buddy but, from My Fat Fabulous <laughs> Life. I don't trust nobody named Buddy, Buddy. But then, And then the way that they described that man, you know, when they were saying, like, he's like this, he had like this mansion that looked probably looked like some slave owner's house and with a butler and all that shit. Mm. Mm-hmm. But um, so it was weird because when she entered into when she started to develop this relationship with Brown, the first time that she met James, he acted a fucking fool. He did. Right. And this is <laughs> this is where this this is not and this is in no way victim blaming. This is just me stating how, what I believe to be how you could end up in a situation with all of these crazy other people you are crazy too because for him to come in that studio acting the way he did and for her to then befriend him after that mm-hmm. you gotta have a bit of crazy in you i'm sorry like it's just the, the the way that she described he acted he came in there the band wouldn't eat even though they was in there for several hours waiting because they were scared he would walk in while they was in mid-chew and he would fire him or find them which we know he did that that's that story always existed that he would find the band find his own damn band if they played the wrong note or showed up late mm-hmm. or didn't play the way he wanted. So, you know, those stories. Had to call him Mr. Brown. And then he saying he was saying the word Falcons wrong. He was saying Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she was like, are you going to sing this right? And he was like, well, who wrote this shit? And then she said, you know, I did. And he was like, oh, well, baby, write your dreams. Stuff like that is he, he it's predator material. All I kept seeing was him. Every time she described nice stuff he would do, I'd be like, that's such a predator motif. He's mm-hmm. just grooming her for the moment where he attacks her. 
and it just so happened that the moment he attacked her, he was also high as fuck on PCP. God damn. So, like, oh my God, like, PCP is like one of those super ass strong <laughs> drugs where it is, I've all, like, they've always said it's easy to, you know, go into your bloodstream. It's so hard to get out, like, for them to detox you. Yeah, yeah. That mother, because PCP is like big in DC. Mm-hmm. I remember watching a drug junk and they had a video of a dude that was on the street literally like holding his intestines. Oh, mm-hmm. It gives you the super strength. But was just talking. Like mm-hmm. they, people were like, nigga, your gut's falling out. Like <laughs> that's what people were like. And he Bruh. would just have a conversation. Remember that it was that rap, it was like a rapper or like a local rapper, and I don't know if it was in Dallas or somewhere in Texas. I can't remember the area, but oh, the he one literally that murdered his friend or something like that. Yeah, the girlfriend like ate yeah. the face and all that stuff. He was high on P- like PCP is crazy. Like I had an ex that um, he was with some homeboys, and his homeboys did the whole Kendrick thing. Slips had PCP in the weed. He smoked it, and I remember he was like crazy like and it was you knew something was wrong wrong with him and i literally ended up uh going on a police like on a police chase because he was like running red lights and then he tried to shoot them like it was just the craziest story but he had to go to like a psych ward and then they found out he was you know that was in his system and it took a long time for for that drug to get out of his system it's it's just like one of those if you want it, you wildin. And they said like that's one of the, I guess, quote unquote side effects of PCP is that you just think you have like this crazy amount of strength and pain is like not a factor. <laughs> yeah. So he didn't rape us like three years after he met her. So he raped her in eighty eight. But they mm-hmm. were friends and she like she talks about how she overlooked his crazy because she was used to dealing with artists. Like what was was it Wilkinson? Mm-hmm. Or that she talked about that she he she followed some clothes up to her room and he was in there naked with some woman and she was like who is that woman and he started shaking the woman which I think this would be a hilarious scene in a movie he started shaking the woman and yelled who is you yeah who are you <laughs> and then she was like you don't know who she is and he said I don't even think she know who she is I was like bruh <laughs> like this would have been a perfect scene to be in the five heartbeats. With David, with uh, with uh, my boy uh, Leon's character, that would have been perfect. <laughs> what your name is, ho? Like just shaking her. I mean, she how off the shit? He been how off? <laughs> but they had talked about how she wrote multiple songs with him, mm-hmm. and they became good friends, and they like did events together. You know, good events, charitable events, and then he just went on a fucking PCP binge and. And like raped her in the woods, like, and then all the information about her case, like, Jesus Christ, how that was handled was ridiculous. Oh, we forgot about the he screamed. Uh, remember he made her um Send go a to the gas station to buy the Jolly Ranchers. Oh yeah, she he didn't started screaming. Them. These aren't a hundred Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> At that point, why would you like these are the, these are things to think about? You getting back in the car because you're used to dealing with crazy people. But, yo, you got to have a certain degree of crazy in you 
to be able to deal with that type of crazy. My man yelled at her because it wasn't a hundred Jolly Ranchers like it say on the bag. Like he was like he was like the the amount on the bag though. And she was like, "You right, James." And he went he went back in the store and had to had the cashier count them for her. Entertainers are notoriously weird for shit like that, man. I get when you put and, it in contracts. And, and, and people are, and they're allowed to do that because it's tolerated. Like, people will tolerate them. Well, when your estate is worth $100 million, people will tolerate a whole lot of bullshit from you. But James is just out here wilding the fuck out. Even the cashier was lady was like, don't worry, girl. I understand James kind of crazy. I'll she probably used to it. That, that probably the gas station. He always go too wilding the fuck out. And she, he's like, oh. Here goes James Brown. Because, I mean, they in Augusta. They ain't a whole lot of damn Augusta. She came back like, mm, <laughs> that package only had 95, didn't it? <laughs> and then she said that uh, when they did count out the 100 and gave it to him, he didn't even, of course he didn't count it. He threw, he had forgot what was bag, going on. He just put the bag, like, down and told her to get in, and then they just drove off. <laughs> you know how long You know how long it takes to count 100 Jolly Ranchers, especially when a person is crying in front of you? <laughs> All right, now... That's a, you know how long it takes. About a million thoughts could run through your head if you on PCP in that amount yeah. of time. James, <laughs> at that point, James thought it was fucking February, and it was probably November. James thought he had been sitting in that car for eighteen months. You said eighteen months. <laughs> like when she got back in the car, James was like, "Who baby is that?" And she was like, "I'm not even pregnant. You had it already." <laughs> like, that's how. That's how fucking high James probably was. Oh God! Like, why are you bringing me Jolly Ranchers, bitch? It ain't Halloween. He throw them shits in the back seat. And they said at this point, he mind you now, he's in like his mid fifties, zooted up like this, looking like somebody grandma, young grandma. <laughs> Not grandma. He do look like young grandma. Oh my goodness! Yo, young grandma face. <laughs> you know, and that was one thing I remember about James Brown is that he. um you know, I always just get teased, and he was very self-conscious about his looks. Um, when you age like folklore, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this nigga aged like biscuits. Oh, I love it. <laughs> but yeah, like that. Um, this nigga made from scratch. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, the whole thing about it, like even after that, and then they went the opposite way down I twenty towards the, like also Augusta and South Carolina. Literally, there's like a North Augusta that's like right on the border, and like Augusta to the South Carolina border is like a drop of some miles. It is not, you know, it's like literally nothing. So, and then when you go over uh, to South, like quote unquote South Carolina, it's it is a but still a whole bunch of trees because I think that's like Aiken. South Carolina, like that whole area. So, you know, they could have been anywhere. Basically. If he's like 20 and then he just kind of veers off and starts just driving, you know, erratic in the fucking woods. <laughs> that was the whole jurisdiction thing that her lawyer was talking about. We don't exactly know where he raped you at, so we don't know where to prosecute. Mm-hmm. Is what she was saying, the reason that they had to end up throwing out her case. But even then, how crazy is that? Like, we can't prosecute because we don't know exactly where he raped you at. That's disgusting. It's just too much shit, man. It's so much shit. That's disgusting. Oh, and then, and then you, and then after all of that, and then, like, she gets, poor woman gets raped. And then, um, like, he leaves the van, comes back, just starts driving. 
Like they go to the car, her car, and then she starts, you know, driving down. Cause I think she said something like, I need to go back, you know, my husband and them will be worried about me. Like that was the excuse that, well, not even excuse, but you know, that was the thing that made him be like, Oh, okay. You need to go back to your car. And then he still was like flagging her down after that. And then he finally like caught up to her and she was like, what do you want? And he's like, you forgot to tell me you love me. I was like, oh my God. I'm telling you, he thought they just came back from doing another song and giving some orphans some money. I'm telling you, James didn't know what day it was, what hour it was. And that whole, you like, you should be, what was he saying to her? You should be happy because this is from God. This is a gift from God or something. Oh, shit. yeah, this is a gift from God. Yeah. Which which is be niggas out here saying that name on PCP. So you can't blame the PCP. The way God is blessing her. Bruh. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Have you seen how big James Brown is or was? Mm. I find it hard to believe that niggas were scared to knock him out. Now, I know he'd come back with a shotgun, but just make sure you have one okay, too. Like, he is not he a big was- dude. I mean, man, crazy though. I know. <laughs> yeah, he crazy strength. Like, 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 no, like, just like, I, you might be tiny, but when I know you legit crazy, like, nah, I ain't gonna mess with that. You're certified, like, <laughs> like, I, I know you just waiting to do some shit, and you quit. You ready to fight? Like, I ain't even know. I'm, like you, I'm like sure a little. You, you ready, ready to fight? You ready, you ready to cut? So you ready to kill? Like, yeah. Because you've been probably doing this all your damn life. Fighting niggas. Like, just give me a reason. Like, no, no. No, I ain't got time for that. James Brown was like, plus, it doesn't help that, you know, we don't know what the drug's telling you to do. Or what the drug's telling you I'm looking like. Right. (laughs) Drug's telling you I'm a demon ready to be slayed. Like, no. He had multiple wives. He had people biting people's face off. Hell no. My man was in there with laced cigarettes and he had multiple wives. Like, that's so wild to me. It's just, how do you, like, I got, I I like that they, I like that they pointed out in this piece that logically the reason that she stayed in this circle of just assassins and threatening people and people putting people in body bags, that the whole reasoning for it was, to create the illusion that she wasn't a problem or a threat because people don't really think about it like that. When you've been like, you are staying within the group and still working with and communicating with the man who viciously raped you because mm-hmm. you don't want to lead his PCP lace Newport smoking ass to, be, to start believing that maybe you're going to go tell somebody what he did that he probably don't even remember he did mm-hmm. and yet she like her thought process was just it was survival mode and i don't think people take that give that enough credit like survival mode people say it's dumb but is it dumb because the first thing she does is go to the police and you find out the police are in his pocket yeah so then who do you go to and he has he's worth uh, he has a hundred million dollar estate there's mm-hmm. he can pay people anything to get rid of you he can pay people 1% of his estate to get rid of you and they'll gladly do it with a smile on their face. Mm-hmm. So that's that inner circle he got, you know, and that that and that is what was his demise too, but yeah, it's it's absolutely heart, you know, heartbreaking to know like you literally get raped and you have evidence 
you have all this stuff and they're just like, just like what you said, they're in his pocket. They're, you know, attorney's going to pay him off anyway. Things just get swept under the rug. Because it was multiple times he's gone to jail for multiple things, you know, and then charges miraculously or mysteriously get dropped, you know. All those times, like even that time that they uh, they talked about where with the with the eight his third wife Adrian, where he, beat he literally fight. like shot up the car that she was that she was in. <laughs> he he beat her with a lead pipe, and then. She got in her car and he shot the tires and he shot up the car. Like, and cops had all the evidence that he did it. Like, literally bullets in the tire, gun in his hand. Bruises all over her, lead pipe on the ground. And they could not, because she decided not to press charges, they claimed they, claimed they couldn't do anything. And after a while, mm-hmm. he beat her so much that they stopped listening to her. When she yeah. came, if like she would, they would, they would show up and see that she had had the hell beaten out of her, and mm-hmm. they stopped listening to her talk about she didn't want to prosecute him or telling them that she fell down the stairs eight times that week. They were just tired of hearing that shit, so they started to pursue him without her. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that you can have. It's crazy that you know, black men in this country are like we are targets. They are trying to get rid of us, and then you see James Brown and my man was not beating the shit out of black women. Granted, he did. Tammy, you know, Tammy Terrell's black, and I'm sure he beat black women, and we'll never hear their stories because they black women. But these white women that he beat the ever-loving shit out of over 20 years, and they never put him in jail for it. Mm-hmm. Or, or when they did, it was at like the ripe old age of like 72. And he did probably, he didn't do nothing. Maybe he, they had him like in a holding cell and then he got out. Like James Brown was out here beating the shit out of white women surrounded by white men. And, Mm -hmm. you know, people are like, oh, you know, they can't wait to take a brother down. They damn sure waited to take him down. That shit was, it, it just blows my mind. The the way yeah, the they, way that racism works, it just killed it. it I, I don't I don't understand it. I don't because he they racism sadly could have saved those women. Adrian could still mm-hmm. be alive, you know. Uh, Jack Jackie could have found some type of resolution with him being prosecuted and put in jail for what he did to her. But you know, racism ain't always about you know racism doesn't necessarily protect white women unless white men have a reason to go after that person. Not necessarily mm-hmm. for what they did to the woman either. It's more about them than it is the woman that's the victim. And then it's crazy about even when we speak about the inner circle that you know, she even though she was getting like thoroughly beaten by him bruises everywhere you know, she also was his advocate on you know, this quote-unquote inner circle, you know, money's being, fun, you know, funneled in different places, and she's, you know, being vocal about, like, you know, you need to have your money, da-da-da-da-da, and um, they killed her, you know, well, allegedly they killed her. <laughs> allegedly. And it was it was either her, supposedly what the guy told her, I can't remember his her, name, it was either her yeah, or Yeah, her or the, or the Jackie lady, she said, because Buddy, the 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 manager, Buddy Dallas, would say 
and told her in the beginning, like, don't talk to Adrian. That's what she, that's what she was saying. Like, don't talk to her, but they ended up being friends. And, you know, that's when, you know, she heard a whole lot of the, you know, the stories about what James Brown used to do to her. But I'm thinking like Jackie, I'm sure she probably knew about it anyway, but, um, yeah, it ended up being where they, um, she, Adrian was allegedly killed after, um, she was, she got plastic surgery and it was pretty much, she was, um, in recovery where she, you know, miraculously somehow, some way she passed away. I forgot what they tried to say, what it was, but, um, they said, I thought they said, no, they said he had cardiac arrest or whatever. Yeah, he had cardiac arrest because, um, I forgot what they I found forget what his they lungs. Said. Mm-hmm. I forgot what they said for her. I remember they said they did an aut- I think they did an autopsy and they said something about PCP and um, drugs in her system. But um, I remember they said before she uh, was kind of a little iffy anyway because she she left like an eerie message or whatever on somebody's voicemail. And then literally the next day or 24 hours later, she was dead. <laughs> and that was um somebody, did they give the voicemail to Jackie or they gave it to somebody else? Um, they gave it to because I know Jackie had a text message, and I that was about the doctor that supposedly killed James Brown, right? Hers. Mm-hmm. So that's what the text it was. It was her. It was Adrian's the divorce lawyer because she was gonna. That's right. Go, she was getting a divorce, so they she was um she Adrian was going to you know go for her plastic surgeries or whatever. She was in California, and her divorce lawyer. And his name is Robert Hart. Um, you know, believed everything she was telling him um, about, you know, James Brown and and you know all this stuff. And um, you know, Adrian was telling her that she didn't like drugs. She hated that he was using PCP. James Brown was was trying to get him to stop. You know, the the whole you know there's people in, the, in his inner circle. Um, trying to get his money and they don't want her to speak about it, you know, da da da. So she said, um, he said that, you know, he believed her and she left that voice message and um, didn't leave a number, they said. And then literally, not that long right after, like I said, 24 hours, if that, you know, she was found dead. And um, they said, the first thing he said, like, oh my gosh, they did it. And I want to say that they tried to say that she, when they did the autopsy, they found like PCP and all that stuff in her system, but she didn't even do drugs. Mm-hmm. But um, doesn't mean he couldn't have laced her or something, no. Or they could right. have if she was in the hospital getting plastic surgery. But yeah, that was the whole thing with the doctor. So that this doctor that they will not um, name. I don't think he was formally charged with anything, so they couldn't. It would be defamation if they named him. Probably. Yeah, so they couldn't use his name. Um, which this story was a little crazy too, because a little crazy. It was... <laughs> when they start getting into the details of well, once Adrian dies, and that part of the story is revealed, and you start hearing about the seventeen other people that died after her or around the same time, the story gets gets you know like world windingly convoluted it is just it's a roller coaster of what the fuck so this linda yeah it's like this linda barrett bennett lady that used to be a 
prostitute, but she isn't now. And she messed with this doctor. Yeah, she was an informant. She became an informant for the informant. And the police officer that uh, had this book that she used to write, I guess all her, it was like her little journal or her little diary or whatever. She gave it to... Um, it was Miller, right? This, like Officer Miller? Yeah, Officer Miller. Yeah, he's now retired. He he retired and, um, you know, she gave him the book and, um, you know, basically was, was saying like it has everything that you need to know about, you know, Adrian Brown's, you know, murder. Cause she was messing with the doctor that admitted that, you know, he killed her and he didn't even read it. I guess she, he said a lot of it was kind of all over the place. So he kind of packed it up and put it away, really didn't read it or anything like that. But she, uh, this Linda Bennett who, you know, ended up passing away. She basically said that, I can't remember how she met this doctor, but she met him and she ended up getting on drugs with him because, you know, they used to shoot up heroin and stuff like that. And then that's when he um, admitted that he went into the room and he pretty much, um, you know, I think shot her up, overdosed her, Adrian Brown, with with drugs. Mm-hmm. And... um but yeah, they ended up, I think, was that part three or part two? I can't remember. But So, um, so Adrian's part is part. So part one is James Brown is a fucking monster and he raped me. That's pretty much the whole part one. Part two, two is, is Adrian also might have been murdered and James Brown was scared. And also Jock has way more information that shows how many people were probably involved in starting the murder of these people. Actually, part two is Adrian's murder first and then all of the other relatives and friends that died, you know, conspicuously for no reason. What like what remember he went to he went to that man's house, mm-hmm. the doctor. Yeah. And you know, he was acting. I think that was maybe that was part three or maybe the end of part two. Well, this was the one was this the one that came out and was laughing? Yeah. Okay. So what is what would that was like a running theme here? With like like he laughed when they brought the story to him. He thought it was funny. This was the same one that said he had Alzheimer's, but was able yes. to answer every question uh, yes. with with great memory. <laughs> but he said, "Hey man, he was having like a good that. day. That's what he was doing. He's having a good day." And then they went and talked to Deanna. I think the daughter and she found it funny as well. The story to do mm-hmm. like just uh, oh that's so funny because that's just crazy funny. Ha ha ha, crazy funny. Like that's what mm-hmm. they both sounded like. I just found it great that my man said he had Alzheimer's. Like how you how you gonna have uh like like what 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 is it? Um when you don't wanna listen to what people be saying. Selective, he had selective Alzheimer's. Like, come on, mm-hmm. bro. Mm-hmm. He didn't even use and- it. Like instead of just being like, I don't remember the every question because I have Alzheimer's, he was like definitively, oh no, that didn't happen. This is exactly how it happened. But right, and it was weird because you know the guy, like the reporter, didn't sugarcoat anything. Told him why he was there, and had the notebook, had all this stuff, and um, you know, so they said with the the doctor, he um, he uh, he got his. I think after all that stuff with, because Bennett ended up having a heroin overdose. Mm-hmm. Um, and they think that he was the one that gave it to, you know, injected her with the heroin. 
that um so after all of that he he ended up leaving and then he um got his medical license i think in another state and then i think he tested positive for like opiates and then he you know he left within a month got revoked yeah he left within a month after she died and he got you know like you said he got all this stuff straight to continue practicing and then they found that shit in his system but it was it was weird Uh, i don't know maybe you maybe you picked up this tone while reading it i definitely picked this up while listening to that computerized white woman do text to speech (laughs) I'm I'm not even joking. I'm dead what serious up, about this. So you just sitting here look sounding like the uh, damn Firefest uh doc. Right, but listen, you <laughs> can change like the pitch and you can change how fast she talks, so you can kind of smoothen it out. They also got different voices and of course different languages. But I didn't play around with that. I didn't like listen to this story in Spanish or anything. But she my text to speech person even sounded annoyed at certain points while <laughs> reading this document. And she was quoting what the reporter was saying. So did you ever get the feeling that when the reporter started talking to certain people, the way he was interviewing them, he was annoyed because like he knew they were lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, cause my Texas peace person was reading some of his interview questions and I was Especially like, Especially with that lying. white lady, the other white lady at the towards the end. Oh, he was annoyed with her. The one that had that whole duffel bag of shit. Yeah. He was annoyed with her. <laughs> Especially, um, you know, towards the end when, you know, she was saying that she wasn't in the room and then she he tried to fact check and everybody acted like they couldn't say anything about her. Like they were scared of her in a sense. And yeah, yeah, he was annoyed in certain instances. Absolutely. But this, yeah, even when he was talking to the doctor, you know, and the doctor was just like laughing and he's like, oh, but this is what this book is saying. You know, this is what, you know, who Bennett is. Oh, I don't know who that is. You know, I don't, I don't have a relationship. You know, I just have this vague memory. Cause you know, my all timers kicks in, mm-hmm. you know, but then he said, you know, but you know, I have memory problems today. <laughs> he says, but you're talking to a guy who has, who's got serious memory problems today. Today, when you walked on my porch, I have memory problems. Right. But, um, yeah, he was annoyed with him because, you know, he was bringing out all this information and, um, you know, he literally just was like, no, laughing, laughing, laughing. And then afterwards, he just said, well, you know, I think, you know, I'm going to leave. We can just stop. <laughs> right. So no <sighs> to keep doing this. You're He's, clearly yeah. not remorseful at all. You sound like you got paid very well. By whoever hired you to do it, but they just had so many different hitmen. That's they had like the clown car of hitmen in this documentary. Dudes, the 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 moment in the documentary where Jackie is talking about the guys that she dated and all of the like swindling they tried to do, completely infiltrating her life using intimacy, acting like lovers, and then her finding out that they really was trying to like watch a confession tapes or. What was it? Uh, somebody took a test. Somebody took a lie detector test or something. Yeah, the lie detector test. Uh huh. She had all this that- evidence. But my thing with Jackie was, why did she tell people she had all this evidence? Right. She was just very open. Cause like even cause the, that one guy that she was referring to, where she felt like she could open up to that what was his name Steve or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, 
she was like so open. And then when he was like, oh, come to Dallas, she was like, oh, sure. Let me just bring said, all the stuff with me. But he specifically like, told her to bring that shit. He specifically told her what to bring that was her most vital piece of incriminating information on Brown and for the murders. And she brought it. I was mm-hmm. like, what? This does not sound like a person who is scared for their life. This sounds like a person who also was doing PCP. Like what in the world is this story? But there's so many, there's so many links in the chain that you just can't fabricate it. The fact that, that, uh, that informant had information that Jackie also had, and they'd never met each other before. Yeah. And that's the, and the, the, the Steve guy. And then whoever, uh, the other guy that was with when, um, they ended up going to when she went to Dallas to meet him. That's the that's the one that said it was either you or Adrian, the wife, that was going to get killed at the end of the day. Uh, there's there's way too much. Like you said, man, it's too much stuff to like just make all this stuff up. It is. Uh, you, you, too, many, too many threads. Like if you if, if she made this up, like she needs to she needs to go and write <laughs> somewhere for real. But I mean it might not be exactly what she thinks, but there something happened. Oh yeah. There's no, something, there. there's something there. I just think that you have to look at the store, the source, right. Of where your information is coming from too, because if your person with all the information sounds crazy, it's very, it's very hard to like prosecute and take that to court. That's what happened with um the reverse happened with the Atlanta monster. Right. Mm-hmm. He clearly, in my opinion, that man clearly did not kill those kids. But yeah, I agree. he sounds so fucking crazy that <laughs> you would never be able to convince a jury of his peers or your peers that he did not do something. And it wasn't that they necessarily thought he committed all those murders. It was just, but he did something, though, because listen to him. He sound like a nigga that did something. And with mm-hmm. her, it's like, yes, she has factual papers and she has notes in people's handwriting from 30 years ago. She has boxes and boxes of information and evidence. Here's the problem. When she starts talking about it, she sounds like one tripped and fell over the rainbow. So we can't put her on the stand because she doesn't make any fucking sense. And what do you do? Like, What do you do in that situation? Yeah. It's it's and that's the thing. Like it's it's so far fetched, but just like what you said, there's so many links, and like they have actual evidence to support all of this stuff. It's it's just it's insane, and even like the the fact of you know we bring up the daughters where um, and I kind of remember that vaguely too, where they were kind of once he passed away. They were fighting over everything because apparently the will that he made earlier um, had the kids on there, and um, he he made another will um, where he wanted I think his his wife was going to get a little bit of peace or be a part of the state, but he wanted pretty much all of his money to go to charity. I think and, the will was um it was if I remember because I went back and I read this part. I think the will was that. He left his direct kids. He left them like his personal possessions and like his homes or his house or whatever. He left their kids, his grandkids, enough money for their education. So scholarships. Yeah. And then the rest of it was supposed to go to charities to help children. 
Yeah, that never happened. Yeah. At all. And then the whole debacle of um, you know, where's his body? Bruh, did she his, <laughs> his daughter laughed? I kind of remember this in the news too. I remember that was a thing. His daughter laughed when they when the interviewer was asking her about the body. I told you I'm not answering any more questions, but <laughs> that's such a funny question. Where's my dad's body? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. God, you should So is up. it in the crypt in like in her yard or whatever? And she was just like um, I'm not going to answer these questions. I'm sticking to my guns, and it's like it, it feels what? like it feels like the most important thing you should know is where the body at. Like <laughs> that should be a real simple question. But she knows that's why she kept laughing because she she's like, "I ain't about to tell mm-hmm. you." And she and the other daughter, I think they, I, I want to believe those were the two oldest. Yama, I think that's her name, and the um, Yama, the other one that was laughing, Deanna, um, Deanna, Deanne, Deanna, yeah. So, you know, they also were the ones that did, did not want an autopsy done, mm-hmm. you know, on him. Because even the doctor was saying that, you know, that was just absolutely, you know, it should have been actually absolutely done on him. Because, you know, when he saw him, oh, you know, because he said, that, you know, his issues were pretty much, you know, really easy, you know, things that could be fixed and even... Then he said that he looked fine, nothing was wrong, and then all of a sudden, boom, you know, he's dead. <laughs> so, you know, absolutely you would do an autopsy, but they didn't want one done. Mm-hmm. Then on top of that, you 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 know, it's this whole uh, maybe the body's here, but it, maybe it's not. Like, just shaky. And the whole thing of even with the, the fourth wife, where they... Um, they barred her from the house. And oh, to, um, was it Tamar? Tamar? Tamara? Tamari? Yeah, I don't know how you say her name. Yeah, I saw the pictures of her when I went back and looked at Tamaray, the one they spelled like eight different ways. Yeah. And they said she would say her name different ways too. From, you know, because she would, you know, I guess, of course, she was having issues with Brown too, as far as for domestic, you know, violence and all that stuff too. So, she would, her name would be different all the time. They, um, they said, I forgot what she was, was she in drug rehab when it all happened, I believe. And they called her and they didn't tell her to go straight to the hospital. They had her, they talked to her as if something was wrong. You need to get, you need to go to the house. And then, so she went to the house and then that's when she found out she couldn't even go in the house. Um, and then what I remember, she also said too, that, she was another one. She was an advocate for him as far as for he needs to, you know, um, keep his money. you got all these people around you that are no good. And they planned to move to New York and they were going to, I think, sell that house or give that house away. And he wasn't going to tour anymore. He was going to um, just do like like little, I guess, corporate gigs or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, that's what he said. He wanted to do corporate and, gigs. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do corporate gigs. So that was one of the questions, yeah. him uh, getting away from the South. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted, and I mean, you know, you figure at this point, he up in age, and I think he also wanted to sell his, um, I think sell his catalog. But, um, you know, that's, it's like, why would you, you, you don't want the cash cow to do that. <laughs> I'm, Where else am I going to get the buddy from? I mean, I'm so. surprised that James Brown couldn't easily get a Vegas residency. 
you know, yeah. if that's how he would like fuck that doing corporate parties and stuff. He could have just got him a nice spot, you know, in 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 Vegas doing a show, doing the same show every night the way he wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true. That's absolutely true. But um, yeah, it's just this whole thing. It's a lot. <laughs> you actually have to like go through the documentation or at least take a lengthy amount of notes to fully track this story in a podcast from beginning to end. It would take multiple episodes. You can't mm-hmm. just you can't do and it. And then even that lady, that Candace Heard lady, another nut job. Like So which one was she? Three words for you. Treat yourself. Treat yourself 2011. Once a year, Donna and I spend a day treating ourselves. What do we treat ourselves to? Clothes. Treat yourself. Fragrances. Treat yourself. Massages. Treat yourself. Mimosas. Treat yourself. Fine leather goods. Treat yourself. It's the best day of the year. The best day of the year. Hey, what's happening? It's your boy, Big Creek Third Core representing. You know, I'm rocking with my 40 acres.